Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast. It's the playoff edition of the podcast. Super excited to be back and doing a game this week and not just a regular off-season podcast. And hopefully we can keep these going. This week will not disappoint. Caught up with safety Andre Howe. Everyone knows his story. Coming back from Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was diagnosed in June. Went through his treatment and then played eight games this year. It actually has three interceptions as well, including one in this last game against Jacksonville, including one against the Colts in the one game he did play against Indianapolis. We'll have him. We'll have Caroline McCann, who joins us from the Indianapolis Colts. She's a team reporter there talking about the Colts' short week and how they plan to attack the Texans this Saturday in the AFC wildcard game. We've got all that coming up. But first... Bose QC35 Wireless Headphones 2 has the powerful noise-canceling technology to help you do the same. Concentrate on your music, your work, whatever you're passionate about with the QC35 Wireless Headphones 2. You can learn more at Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. And also be sure to check out Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. They've got 12 locations with three new ones that opened up. Their new food truck is custom designed to bring you steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard you love to your event. Freddy's original double steak burger is a real game changer. All right, let's get into this podcast. I'm super excited about my first guest, Andre Howe. He was the Ed Block Courage award-winning player this year. The teammates of his, they voted on him because of everything that he went through, his comeback. And I and I have to say, it's one of my favorite stories of 2018. There were a lot of comebacks this year, but Andre Howell's was just nothing short of spectacular. So we get into it with Andre Howell about his season, everything he went through, and more. Here's Andre Howell. Andre, how's it going today? Going pretty good. Just finished practice, uh, kind of tired, ready to go home and kind of relax. Isn't it nice to have a normal schedule? I'm sure after the off season that you had, just having these normal weeks, normal practices, it's got to be a lot of fun for you. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it's been a, like, like I said, a long year. So uh, getting back to my routine, man, it feels it feels real good. You played eight games for this team this year, and you're tied for first with three interceptions. Uh, you also had five passes defensed. What's this season been like for you in those games that you came back? I mean, are are you playing at as a high of a level as you thought you would be at this point? Um, at this point, yes. When I first started playing, I had to kind of get back into the rhythm of the football game. And uh, I thought I could be just kind of get back in and just be able to play. But football is not like that, especially at this level. So I had, I, it took a couple of games for me to kind of get in there and kind of feel myself in. You were out, obviously. You had the Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis. You were diagnosed. You went through your treatment. And then you all you came back. And that all happened within the course of this year. Mm-hmm. Had you ever missed a significant amount of time with an injury before this? No. It was my first time ever being sick or hurt or anything like that. First time. So it was... It was different for me. It was a learning experience, really. I had to learn about being patient, really. I remember when you came out and you said, I'm, I'm not going to go through chemo and radiation. I'm going to go through this treatment because I want to be back on the field. I want to be able to play this year. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I was a little bit skeptical. Like, yeah. wow, those are that's, that's a really big goal to try to reach this year. Did anyone else feel the same way? Did you feel that way at all? I didn't feel that way, but a lot of people felt that way, uh, like a lot of like my teammates, a lot of people around. But, you know, like I said, everybody felt like that. They, you get cancer, people think you'll be out for a year, out for a couple of years, like how DQ was. So because of David Quinsenberry. Just because, just because like, that, that's what they seen. But nobody ever, you know, ever did it before. But I said, let's go. Let me, let it's, almost better, it's almost better that you'd never been sick before, you'd never missed games. Because the fact that you came back and thought you'd just pick up where you left off yeah. means that you had so much faith and I optimism faith. Yeah, in yourself. A lot of faith in myself, a lot of faith in God. So, you know, I was really... I was really blessed to have that faith from as a being from a kid. I kind of had that faith in myself and believe in myself. You won the Ed Block Courage Award. You were awarded that by your teammates. How mm-hmm. special was that for oh, just for your special. comeback? 
Yeah, very special. Uh, just those guys voting for me, man, shows me that they really care about me. Like I said, they, they see me every day, and they see me when I was go, going through it. They see me in here working out, getting ready, and uh, it's just it's, it's a blessing for them to vote for me. Did you talk to any other players while you were out? I, I remember seeing you working out mm-hmm. while you were going through it, and I thought he doesn't look like he's missed any time. Yeah. Uh, did were you talking to other guys that had gone through it as well? I feel like you're sort of in your own little category based on how you yeah. came back from it. Yeah, kind of sort of. It, you know, like I said, no, nobody ever really did this before, so I kind of had to reach towards other people that, that, that didn't play football, like people I seen on TV or people I seen on YouTube, like kind of see what they did. And uh, I kind of just watched those watched those people and just learned from them and just kind of picked up what they did. Were you able to work out throughout the whole time, or did you have to take some time off from uh, that I worked as well? out the whole time. I was here pretty much the whole time. I was going to meetings. I was doing, you know, staying in football shape, you know, doing football stuff, but the only thing I wasn't doing was playing football. I remember talking to you last year before any of this even happened, and mm-hmm. one of the things that you loved watching and listening to were mm-hmm. te- TED talks, TED talks, yeah, and inspirational talks. And I remember thinking, well, how you know how, how ironic I know, because right? yeah. you, I mean, you're such an inspiration, and I would think at a time like that you would need to draw from it. Yeah. After everything that you've listened to and everything you've gone through, was there any one piece of advice that really pushed you through all of it? Uh, I don't think it was just one. I think it was just a compilation of everything. Like I said, I've been doing it for like the past two years now. Was just Listening all those TED videos, talks. all those TED talks, all those you know, Les Miles, um, Miles Monroe, um, just a bunch of guys I listen to on YouTube, and it just it just kind of got in, it got in, in my spirit. So it like just kind of came out. It came out when, when they told me you had cancer. Oh, really? Okay. Then it just kind of came out and just okay, let, let's beat it, let's fight it. Yeah, it's like in your fabric, I think, yeah. to be a positive. Because I feel like you sort of like attracts like. You're a positive person, yeah. so you're attracted to other people that speak positively. So you're wa- you're you're on the sideline, you're working out, and then you're watching this team go through the beginning of the season, 0-3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you came back, they'd won three straight at that mm-hmm. point. So what was that like for you to stand by and watch, thinking, I- I'm going to come back and get my shot? Mm-hmm. What was oh, that it, like it, for you? It was great. You know, I feel like I, I can help the team. I, I feel like I can definitely help the team and – uh you know, watching watching the guys struggle, but I knew that this team was special. Though I knew we had the guys to make it special, we just wouldn't gelling yet. You know, I feel like okay, well, you know, we're gonna keep on, keep on playing, keep on playing, never and never stop. We just never stop, and we kept on fighting, kept on playing. They won ten straight, and then you know we're here now in the playoffs, and we you know trying to make this run. It's been an unbelievable year all around. You, mm-hmm. You're watching, and it's Tyron Matthew and Justin Reed, two guys you haven't played with before, mm-hmm. and then you got to sort of come in and work with them in the backfield, what was that transition like for you? Because you didn't really have the luxury of having training camp and all these yeah. games with them. Uh, I think just from, you know, being around the guy, like we do our DB dinner Thursday night, so just kind of hanging out with him, get to know him, and then we get on the field together. It's like it's like we, it's just, we never skipped a beat. And now, even now, we just starting to play better and better every game. So I think it's just from being – I was here, like I said, I was here the whole time. So being here with the guys, talking to the guys, not being on the field, but really just getting to know people. And I, th- I think that's why this team is so good. We're kind of getting to know each other. And we playing for each other. Do you think you learn a- any more just because you're not playing but you're watching? You have so much more time to just watch everybody and what they're doing in the backfield. How yeah, much definitely. better does that make you? It makes you so much better mentally. But physically, you still have to go out there and play. But mentally, just seeing formation, seeing plays, you know, seeing how the quarterback is looking this way or looking that way, seeing how these guys are running this way, like different routes. So you can kind of see better when you're on the sideline. But And it made me kind of – when I say when I get back on the field, I'm be, okay, I'm going to be ready to play. But it just the physical aspect of it, was, I wasn't there yet. You came back for that game against Jacksonville. That was a rough week mm-hmm. in the sense that you were coming back for your first game. And then also you lost your dad earlier mm-hmm. in the week too. What was that emotionally like for you? Did it sort of help to have the distraction of football back, if that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. I know that nothing can sort of undo that tragedy. But, you know, did it seem like 
you know, this was more normal for you being back to football. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, um, he had a heart attack that Friday, so I went home that Saturday, and I actually came back after he passed, and I was going to stay. I was going to just miss the game. And they're like, yeah, go, because they knew, because they told me I was going to end up playing that, that, that game. So I kind of knew I was going to play. And it was kind of a distraction from, you know, my dad passing. So it was kind of a good thing that, you know, I was back on the field with a bad thing that my dad passed, but it was kind of like, okay, I know he won't be on the field. And it kind of made me feel better about being on the field instead of being at home with my family. You played that game, then you missed two more before mm-hmm. you came back again. Being an actor for those two games, did you? I know it was not related to obviously what you mm-hmm. went through, but what was that like going through that and then coming back again? It's just another stepping stone, man. It was crazy. Like, okay, I, my first game back, then boom, I get hurt. You know, it's like, wow, like what, what's really going on? But I feel like, you know, just that patient. And I had to be patient, like. Just let your body heal. And like I did the first time, let your body heal. And then they healed, and I was back on the field. So it's all about patience with me. Because everyone talks about football shape, like being in football shape. And I feel mm-hmm. like for you, you just sort of came in, and it, was, it wasn't it was preseason. It wasn't training yeah. camp. You know, it's unusual in that sense that you don't really have that time to sort of warm up to the game again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very unusual. Like I said, you have a whole month of, like, tackling and doing tackling drills and doing all this stuff. And then you play a game, an actual football game, a preseason game that really don't mean nothing. But I came in – like week seven, full speed. full speed, you know, all these guys in, you know, uh, mid-season shape, and I'm just coming in. But I think it was a mindset, though. I said, okay, well, you know, I, 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 did, I did all this, so, and I've been playing football for the last five years. Like, okay, Dre, you okay. You can go out there and do it. It's just football it's at just the end of the day. It's just football at the end of the day. How fun was the Texas Bowl that was here a few weeks ago? I know Vanderbilt oh, yeah. lost. Yeah, we lost. But, but it, it was a great game to watch, man. Nailed by then. Uh, it was a real late game. It so. was super late. Did super you stay late. for the whole game? I thing? didn't stay the whole game. I left in the fourth okay. quarter, but I finished it at home. But uh, it was a real great game. I, I'm proud of the Vandy guys, man. Like It's hard to go to be in the SEC and have those kind of, you know, you got to be really smart to go to Vanderbilt. And it's hard to compete with, you know, Alabama, LSU, because those guys go to Football, go to school to play football. You know, we go to school to go to school You're and like, play we're football. We're smart and we play football. So it's kind of hard to recruit <laughs> against guys that just want to play football. But uh, it's no excuse. Vanny, I know. I think we we on the come up now. You know, Derek Mason doing a great job there. So uh, I'm excited for those guys. They must have been so excited to have you here for their bowl game. I know you're in there. Is it the locker room? I've seen your picture in their yeah, athletic it's, it's department. Yeah, in the um, it's in the hall. We have all the guys that made it in the NFL. So me, Zach, you know, Casey Hayward, Jordan Matthews. So we got all those guys that's on the, on the wall, and you can see that every day. So when you when you going through the stadium. All right, one guy you're gonna face. This weekend, Andrew, like you had a big game. You only played one game against the Colts, but that was probably mm-hmm. your biggest game so far. You picked him off. You had a couple passes defensed. It's hard to pick off Andrew Luck because oh, he's yeah, so definitely. smart. What do you think is going to be the key for facing him this Saturday? I think we just got to go out and do our job like we've been doing the whole year. You know, uh, we, we've been playing pretty well in the back end, especially the last game against Jacksonville. And, uh, We've got to keep that up and go out there and play play our hearts out, man, and then we'll see what happens. I think J.J. said it best. If you can hold every team to 119 yards of oh, yeah, offense, you're going to win. Gonna win. You're going to do pretty well. All right, Andre Hallen, good luck. Thank for you. The rest Appreciate of the it. Sure would be nice to see Hal get another interception against Andrew Luck this year. Things seem to be clicking. That was his best game of the year, and hopefully he can just only top that in the AFC wild card and beyond. All right, let's talk about those Indianapolis Colts. It's round three. One and one, The each team has won a game. It's always the away team. Hopefully that changes this Saturday as the Colts are coming off a very short week after their win over Tennessee. They got into the dance as the final sixth seed in the AFC, and now they come to Houston. But uh, despite the short week and everything else that they're dealing with, injuries to T.Y. Hilton, they're going to bring it. And we talked to Caroline McCann, team reporter of the Indianapolis Colts. 2014, the last time the Colts were in the playoffs, uh, what's the feeling like in Indy? I know it was a play-in to win game on Sunday night at Tennessee, but to come back and to know that you're in the playoffs, it's been a little bit of a drought there uh, for Indy. What, what's the mood like in the city? 
Oh my gosh, everyone is just so excited that the Colts are back in the playoffs. You mentioned it, since 2014, this team has not had a playoff team. There are actually only five players still on the Colts roster, and one of those players is on IR with Jack Doyle, but there are four players on the active roster right now that have Colts playoff experience. Now, there's 15 that have playoff experience, but that's still a lot of guys on this roster that they've never played January football. So, The town and the the city of Indianapolis is very, very excited. The locker room is excited. But really, you ask these players, you know, it's a playoff. You know, it's not guaranteed next week. But they've been playing in this playoff mindset really since about week seven. So for them, they're saying it's, you know, it is different because half the teams in the league aren't playing anymore. And that next week is definitely not guaranteed anymore like it is in the regular season. But for them, they've been used to this just 1-0 mantra that they've you know, been saying for weeks now, um, and that it's all about the Houston Texans. They're not looking at anything else as far as wild card weekend goes, but it's all about the Houston Texans this week. Caroline, the Colts have the shortest turnaround of any team that's in the postseason right now, having played that late Sunday night game, and then they've got the early Saturday game. How much of a challenge is the short week for the players? I know they've got a long list of injuries, including T.Y. Hilton. A lot of guys are banged up. Yeah, Eric Ebron kind of laughed about this in the locker room this week. Of Well, I mean, if you're hurting, it's going to hurt uh, because they do have this short turnaround. But really, for them, it, they just it's, it is what it is. They have a very short turnaround uh, to get there. But Frank Reich has taken that into consideration. They had a walkthrough earlier this week, the practices. Um, I'm sure will be scaled back some to just allow their bodies to rest. They are getting Ryan Kelly back um, on the practice field. He kind of sees if he can go this week. So you did mention T.Y. Hilton, too. He's never played as banged up as he is right now. He said that earlier in the locker room this week. So, yeah, it is a short turnaround. But I, I think this team, the mentality that they've had all season is just, well, it is what it is. And, and you know, Ryan Kelly even said, we asked him, are you trying to play because you are ready to play or because it's the playoffs and you want to play? And he said, no, I, I, I feel like I can just play. So there are some injuries that some guys um, are dealing with on a short week. Definitely not ideal, but it's the playoffs. So this is what they play football for. So even though uh, they may be dealing with some injuries, I think the excitement and adrenaline may take over a little bit. You mentioned only a handful of guys that were on that roster in 2014. One of those guys being Andrew Luck, and it'll be round three for the Texans and the Colts uh, facing each other this year. I know J.J. Watt, Devian Clowney, Andrew Luck, they've all had some uh, fun, exciting battles to watch there on the field. What's Andrew Luck saying about facing this Texans defense again? He has such respect for the uh, Houston Texans defense, and he was even saying their offense as a fan uh, – they're so fun to watch as long as you're not on the opposite bench. Um, so he has such respect for the team, the way that they're coached. I um, mean, he enjoys going up against the best. He seems to play best when he is going up against the best and the stakes are high. So really, you know, he, he is very even kill every single week. It's just about, you know, that opponent, who they're playing, and the things that the Colts need to get done while going up against, um, you know, the Houston Texans defense, who you mentioned, you have so many weapons um, across that defensive line, even in that secondary. So he's looking forward to be able to correct the mistakes that he said he made in those first two games, but that it's also just about playing Colts football, using the momentum that they have uh, this week. He's having his best season yet. He's got single-season career highs in several passing categories. He's second in the NFL in passing touchdowns with 39 as far as the regular season went. At what point in covering this team did 
people start to say, hey, Andrew Luck looks like he's back. I know there was so much chatter in the offseason and even when the season began, but was there a point when you said he looks as good as new? I know J.J. Watt's sort of gone through the same thing on this end um, of, of this matchup, but how about for Luck? Yeah, I, you know, I think for everyone it was probably a little bit different, but I actually remember the first time that we played you guys on September 30th and then that Thursday night on October 4th played against New England in New England, and he ended up throwing, I believe the stat, obviously, it was early in the season, so I may be off a little bit on numbers, but it was like over 120 passes in four days. Um, and, and to me, I just was like, oh, okay, he, he's fine. We, we don't have to talk about his strength anymore. You know, he was going down the field on some of those. The, the Colts were throwing the ball so much early in this season as they were trying to establish their run game with two rookie running backs and Marlon Mack in his sophomore campaign. So, there was a lot of load on Andrew Luck in that those first you know few weeks as they get into the season, but it really was that week four to week five short turnaround on that week when he he didn't look like he was ever hurt. And that I kind of we we left that game thinking, you remember when we used to ask if this guy was ever going to throw again, or you know what is this season going to look like for him? And for him to throw that many balls back to back in a very short turnaround, I think for me, that's when it turned the page of, okay, we don't need to ask about his shoulder anymore. He's back. How much has the run game helped Andrew Luck uh, stay healthy and stay upright? I know we talk a lot, we're going to talk about the offensive line. I'm going to ask you about that. But well, you mentioned Marlon Mack. He's got nine touchdowns, 908 yards rushing. And the Colts have never really had a good feature back to sort of back up Andrew Luck. So what's that like? How has that tandem work? Has that helped his passing attempts go down? And, and how has Frank Reich sort of used them all to work together in the offense? This offense, and it seems so simple, but when the Colts offense is complimentary as far as the run game gets going, it kind of balances out the amount of throws that Andrew Luck has, the Colts win. And when you have a, a back like Marlon Mack, who this year it's been so fun to see him you know, be patient in those gaps and run behind a blocker where I think in his rookie year we saw him more as kind of that outside running along the edges. Um, but he, he has absolutely stepped up this year and given Andrew Luck a lot of options in that run game and also Naheem Hines. He's a running back, but he actually has the most receptions for a rookie um, in years past. And all the other guys on that list for franchise, they were wide receivers. So when you look at the way that they're able to use Naheem Hines kind of as out of the back, um, allowing Andrew Luck to get rid of the ball quickly on some check down passes or even passes that are designed to have Naheem Hines be that first option, that all kind of allows that, that offense to put the defense on notice as you know, yeah, you need to cover T.Y. Hilton down the field, but you also need to make sure that you're here for Naheem Hines. But we also may give it to Marlon Mack, and we all know Ebron may be open. So really it's just the list of options that Andrew Luck has as far as pass catchers go. That it, you know, even with T.Y. Hilton being a little bit um, not himself with that ankle injury, it's still Dontrell Inman and Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers. There are other options for him. So I think Andrew Luck, when he goes out there, he can be confident in knowing, I do have more time in this pocket than I've had. But I also have more options to allow me to get rid of that ball quicker. That Colts offensive line has done a fantastic job this year. I know when we faced the Colts earlier in week four, they were banged up. Uh, but right now they've got the run game going. Andrew Luck is, is not taking as many sacks. What's been the key to that chemistry? Because even throughout the season, it seemed like guys were banged up on the O-line. But, you know, once things clicked for them, uh, they didn't really turn back. Well, what, what do you think has been behind that? And, and when did you sort of see a turning point with them? Well, this has been a focal point of Chris Ballard ever since he took over the roster, and he admitted that last year he didn't do enough. So it was definitely a point of focus going into the draft, going into free agency to make sure that the offensive line was taken care of because he, we all know what Andrew Luck can do when he has time and when he's healthy, and we're seeing that this year. 
So I think really a turning point, and it sounds crazy, but it was training camp because so Dave DeGuliamo is offensive line coach, and he is that. If you could pick a movie character of, you know, what type of, of actor should we have play an offensive line coach, you would pick someone exactly like Dave DeGuliamo <laughs> because he's just that tough, hard-nosed, tells it like it is, you know, no BS coach. And I think that has translated over to these players because in training camp, the whole offensive line, every single one of them, were out at practice 30 minutes, 25 minutes before anyone else. And they were going through their progression, getting warmed up, because they wanted to be the hardest working group on the roster. And they've done that. Now, you add in that personnel of Quentin Nelson, first round draft pick, second round draft pick, and Braden Smith, um, some free agent pieces that they went and got that have filled in. And then you have Ryan Kelly, a first round draft pick, Anthony Costanzo, a first round draft pick. They've started to get the personnel that they needed, but the attitude has absolutely added to that. Matt Swalson, also a free agent that came in, he added to that um, that attitude of just, we're going to be tough, we're going to be the hardest workers, and we're going to be who sets the tone. And you see it. I mean, I, we actually had a conversation earlier this week with some former offensive linemen, and we, we said we could sit for an hour and talk about this offensive line. And when you're able to do that about a team, you know they're going in the right direction because it all starts up front. Let's switch gears and talk about the defense. Darius Leonard, he didn't get the Pro Bowl nod, but he did earn AFC Defensive Player of the Week after that win over the Titans. Uh, what surprises you most about that rookie? <laughs> so many things. Darius Leonard is such a character um, on and off the field. One of his wire-ups this year has been one of the best. I mean, he's asking offensive linemen, veteran offensive linemen, hey, I'll give you a dollar if you tell me what you're doing next. What rookie? has, you know, the, the confidence to go out there and kind of pick on the other team a little bit. Um, but Darius Leonard does because he's always played this underdog role. Um, you know, even when he was taken in the second round, there were a lot of people that were saying, oh, this is definitely a bust. What are the Colts doing? And you're able to see that when he's given, you know, the coaching and, and the surrounding pieces, he's such a star. And he has fully embraced that because he's always known how, how good he is and, and, and what he's capable of. And then he's really, I think the biggest thing that has surprised me is how he has handled the attention. Um, he, you know, from South Carolina, went to a smaller school, did not get the attention there. And all of a sudden, he's really the, the one of the faces of the defense in the NFL and of rookies. And I think the way that he has showed his maturity and still being funny, I mean, he showed up to the facility earlier this week in a Spider-Man onesie. Um, just to kind of nice. lighten the mood, keep guys fun, and he is that emotional leader. Um, but he, he's just a fun guy that hasn't changed who he is, even though he is in the spotlight. All right, I know the, the Colts haven't faced Deshaun Watson a lot. This is the only year that they've they've had to play against him. What are they saying as far as what Watson's able to do with his legs and making some plays with them? And what is going to be their focal point heading into Saturday? Yeah, it is crazy that these teams are facing off for the third time. I really can't think back of, you know, another time where that has um, been that way. But Deshaun Watson, what this team knows and what they respect so much about him is how intelligent he is with his football IQ. He knows when to use his legs. He knows when to kind of sit back and wait on his receivers and be patient in the pocket. Um, and he can find the end zone either way. So really what this defense has said is we want to contain him in the pocket. And we saw that those you know, the first few games kind of containing him there, but also getting after him and putting a lot of pressure on him to where he doesn't feel like he can be patient. Um, and I, I really think that's just been the defense's motto all season long, no matter who they're facing. But, of course, when the talent of the quarterback takes that step up, uh, the defense has to respond in a way of making sure that Deshaun Watson doesn't feel comfortable.
All right, good stuff. Caroline Can, team reporter for the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be round three on Saturday for the, for the AFC wild card game. Caroline, looking forward to seeing you back here on Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'll see you then. All right, playoff football in January. That's what we all live and breathe and work for here at NRG Stadium. And I hope it continues for many, many, many weeks to come. Uh, but that's going to do it for our podcast. If you can, subscribe or like us on iTunes. Tune in or Stitcher. Leave a review, if you will. And uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast, as always. Thank you so much for listening, and go Texans.